Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I am Frank. I'm here with my fellow avenging buddy, AJ. How are you doing? I'm well, everyone. I'm well. How are you? Everyone, I hope you're doing well. I hope at this point you've seen Avengers Endgame. Um, yeah. Basically, at, at this point, if you have turned this podcast on, you should already know that this is a spoiler discussion. There's really not much we can say. Um, as as two major fans of the MCU, both of us, I think, avoided any articles or videos or even review scores, Rotten Tomato scores. I, I still really don't YouTube know. YouTube thumbnails are spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, they like, really are. It's, it's, it, we've really gotten to a point where you have to almost avoid and black out yourself from social media and have the fortitude to not look. I think we've also come a long way in that people don't want to spoil other people and that there yeah. is a good community of people out there who is, you know, people have some, people have changed. You know, we've come a long way from 2012 in terms of the Internet reaction to this kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, it, we did really well, though. I, I, I do feel that most of the big stuff that was in this movie did not get spoiled mm -hmm. for did not get spoiled for me at all. I, I agree. And, you know, even headlines are, are that are now coming out are kind of spoilery. So, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, still try to, you know, avoid the Internet. Obviously, if you if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you're going to get spoiled. probably. So, like, go see the movie. Um, I think uh, I, the, there's like a, two things we could say before it. Um, we got these cool posters. Yeah. Which poster, I'm staring at poster, right now. The posters are sweet. Um, I'm sure they're like last year when they did the Infinity War ones uh, exclusive on Fandango, they had like like five different versions. This yes. one, I, I would guess maybe there's like two, two or three, um, but it, it's pretty cool. I'm definitely going to put it up on the wall. I'll maybe take a cool photo and we can post it later. Um, and then the other thing we can, I guess, say that's not really a spoiler is that it's going to make probably the most money ever. Yeah, it's looking, it's tracking for around $310 million. So I guess we'll know in, in a couple of hours, probably even uh, by the end of the day today. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, it this is going to be it's the biggest movie opening of all time. It's you know it's ch we've changed cinema history again. Um, you know, and now let's let's begin. You know, I think that there's nothing else we can tell you. You have to go and see this movie fresh. You shouldn't be listening to this. We put it in the fucking title of the episode. On all of the stuff, please just turn this off if you haven't seen the movie. We liked it, but like we have to talk about shit, and you're gonna get you're gonna feel shitty. So okay, here we go. Yeah. In three, in two, in one. Okay, so, uh, you know, um, Frank, I, yes. I think that now that this movie is over, something that like we're gonna like, you know, deal with going forward, is everything is now going to be set at such a high bar for the superhero movie continue continuing linear storytelling that they've been doing. Um, you know, I don't know if in 2008 when we were, you know, really a DC culture at that point, we had seen Batman begins in theaters. I remember we used to yep. go to see fantastic four and X-Men when they would come out, we'd go see any anything. Uh, but I, you know, in 2008, if you were going to tell us the same summer that Dark Knight came out, that we were going to be more Marvel fans and involved with Captain America and Thor than we are with Batman and Batman. Superman at, th at this point, like, I don't know if we would have yeah, believed it. Yeah, 11 years later. Yeah, no, we would not have believed it. It's, it's such an amazing feat that, you know, they, 
they played this long game. They uh, started. It really started as kind of a test, I think. You know, whether yeah, they can it's do it. Fa- it's Favreau, is- it's Favreau and Feige being like, "What if instead of doing superhero movies this way, let's do the complete opposite of what everybody's been doing thus far? Instead of having a super secret identity, fuck that. Let's start with this guy. He's announced that he's Iron Man to the world at the end of the movie. Yeah. You want you want to tie in to a sequel? How about a fucking whole universe of sequels where they all try into it- each other? It's comic books. It's it, it's like it's the way the comic books are written, and that's something that you know Marvel and DC and Fox had never done before. It was like they just took these characters and put them on the big screen, and it, it was a different sort of adata- adaptation. And this they were making, like dubbing it the Marvel Cinematic Universe, really like makes a lot of sense in that it's like this is our take on how the comics lay out. Everything is connected. You know, characters go, you know, from book to book and their stories continue on every page, you know. Um, It's really incredible that they they made it this far. And like this movie is the culmination of that, the 22 movie slate that we've we've received. And it's yeah, nothing's been done like this before and arguably maybe never again. I don't think I don't think it will ever be done to this kind of success again. I'm excited to like something that I think we did get with Star Wars that we're not going to get with Marvel movies is like and we're not and maybe we'll get with Star Wars but in a different way is a break. I wish that there was like a good 2-year gap where they're like there's no Marvel movies. We mm. don't like you get Spider like maybe you get Spider-Man but that's fucking it. And like they just like they stop, it goes away. We get to absorb it like different things are will come out that Kids will want to get involved in, you know, they have a great Black Panther cartoon that's on TV right now, Uh, you know, like kind of move through the ripples of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that show and then start new with something kind of fresh and different. And I don't think that we're going to get that. What we're going to get is kind of the continued push on. So I think I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I don't want to talk about what's going forward next because I know that that's where everyone if you're I think one if you're a real fan, the kind of the ending that we get here is important. And the cap that this puts on these past twenty two movies is really done in a way that we've never seen before in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, bears, you know, a little bit of thanking to the people at the helm. I would like to say thank you to Kevin Feige and Marcus McFeely and the uh, great team over at Marvel, Luis Esposito, the, uh, that casting lady. Yeah, the casting director. The Flynn, whoever picked out all these characters for so long. And uh, let Treen Tran, I think I saw her name in the in the event Infinity War documentaries. Like, they're, uh, they care so much, and they've done so much work over so long. that And all the thousands of people who work on all the little details and digital effects in these movies... And the like, the care that goes into every single frame of this movie is de- definitely dedicated back to us who go and we see it and we pay the money. But again, thank you to everybody who was involved because this is huge for us. It's, it's, I mean, it's not even just fan service, like be, because it's like fan service to me is you know taking something that maybe people want and then they put it in there just as like a nod, like this, like. Of course, there's fan service. The fans have dedicated so many hours of their lives, and like they, you get pretty much all those moments that you want to see. Like you, 
they, and it's beyond that because it's like their fans too. They care. These are the things they want to see. The things that from the comic books are so iconic. And you know, this movie isn't really based on a specific comic storyline. Like it's it's very. It's unique it's very unto tr- itself, and and it's very true to the movies, and it it calls back so much, and in but like not in a bad way, you know. It it really, it, it's like a love letter to all those films, and and to the fans, and to Stanley, and to everything that kind of came before, and it really it, it wraps it up really nicely. I agree with you, and I think that we're gonna see now going forward, like whatever happens next, I'm down for. But I think something that will become more relevant and I would like to maybe even do a whole podcast on at some point is like there's I remember there's a Kevin Feige interview that he did with the Nerdist guys after the 2012 Comic-Con announcing like phase two after Avengers where he really does talk about the Back to the Future series that he was like a kid when those Mm -hmm. movies came out. And he remembers seeing Back to the Future 2 at like midnight and then the trailer at the end of the movie for the next movie coming out. And that that really influenced him pretty large. And, you know, he went back and watched all the movies again before uh, Back to the Future 3 came out. And, like, I think that we can go back and look at those nuggets because there's some really juicy stuff in there. Uh, Because clearly that's where he was maybe thinking about this the whole time, that he wanted to make kind of a love letter to Spielberg in in, in a way that I I think this movie also ties in a a little bit, too. Do you feel that? Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, definitely back to the future. And I think that getting um, this really being like the first Marvel movie with time travel, like even though we have a whole movie with the time stone, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like that, that's like time adjustment. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's time confusement is really what it is. (laughs) Like this, this is time travel. And this has the, all those great beats from back to the future where, you see your past self and you're like hiding around the corner and you know, these scenes that we've seen before. And it's, I think it's super smart because that's something that back to the future did well, like 30 years ago, but like these movies we've, we've seen and it, it like, yeah, Avengers one came out seven years ago. We all remember it. And it's like, now we're seeing it in such like a different light. Um, but yeah, no, he, I, I definitely feel that I feel um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a love letter. Like th- this is, I, I do want to maybe go back and listen to that interview. Cause that could tell us a little bit more about like, Oh yeah. His whole plan through. And, and you know, like who knows what's next? Like there's, we'll get there. No, I think he's got, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Okay. So, um, let's start at the beginning. I mean, so the cold, I love a Marvel cold open. I think that that's kind of a, it's been a great motif for them over the past few years of the new movies where you get to kind of do a pre-story that may be kind of totally unrelated <laughs> to what the general movie is about. Like the cold yeah. open for Captain America, the first Avenger has little to nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Um, the uh, cold open from Ant-Man is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, th- there's some, uh, the cold open to Guardians of the Galaxy is hugely important and yep. like takes you immediately out of the whole uh, universe we're all used to. Uh, I-, I-, I love a Marvel, a good Marvel cold open and they this do a really kind of effect- has two, doesn't it? Like, well, it has, it, you know what it does have? It, you're, you're right in that it's like a comic book because this movie kind of takes a while to I think really conclude Endgame, the uh, yeah. Infinity War. I, excuse me, um, that we have to now go back and complete 
the arc that was the Infinity War. There's a there kind of like how Game of Thrones does it. Like you have to like there's the battle and then there's the episode after the battle where we all have to talk about it. Shout out to our Game of Thrones fans. Uh, <laughs> but when you do this in a Marvel movie, they have to do something really kind of different and unique. And I think how they pick up the action uh, is really awesome. So I think we can establish that at the following the if you followed the Captain Marvel movie. Uh, following uh, you know when the, the post credit scene when she picks up with everybody else, uh, the Avengers. She's like, "Where's Fury?" Obviously, they kind of tell her what's going on. She then goes out in the in the galaxy, finds Tony Stark, brings Tony Stark immediately back to uh, Avengers Mansion. They explain what ha- what happened. Um, right. And but you it, know, before that, like we have the like the final bit of the decimation it's, it opens with Hawkeye and his family. Like this is something we speculated on. Like as we saw the trailers, like, Oh, if he's turned into Ronan, like he probably lost most, if not all of his family. And we get that. And it's devastating. It's, it's such a, a hard way to start the film, but you know, it, you know, obviously we see everybody is, is has lost so much and um, it really impacts him in a, a big way. But yeah, to, to to pick up in, in space with Tony and seeing him like on his, you know, last couple breaths almost, you know, it's like we almost lose him there. And, but yeah, you, you know, C- Captain Marvel rescues him and Nebula and, and, you know, you, you, you pick up with Cap and Steve and uh, Tony still kind of not on the same page. They're, they're still feeling the effects of civil war. <laughs> Hello. Oh boy. Hi. Okay, so before we got snapped out of existence. Damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, Thanos, you're still coming back for us. Oh, fuck. Okay, must have been those Disney fuckers. They knew what we were doing. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, we were kind of talking about uh, the Back to the Future 2 of it all. And I think that this movie really kind of, um, you know, it. it it really gets pretty fun. So, you know, when we are launched into, you know, meeting up with our characters and, you know, you can see that, you know, they bring Tony back, uh, it all kind of falls to shit. Yeah. Cause you know, they're, they're still feeling the fallout of, of breaking up, you know, the Avengers breaking up from civil war. And like, there, there's a lot of bad blood still. Like it's, it's really unfortunate that, um, I mean, obviously, Tony almost dies, so, like, he's definitely needs time. But, really, that's kind of, like, the last we see of Tony until, like, he picks up a couple years later, right? Yeah. Be- because he he doesn't go on the mission with them to to find Thanos again. Um, nope. Basically, basically, the heroes see that he uses the stone again in a place called the Garden. Um, and uh, it's it's almost everybody that's left... Um, and they go to to basically undo the snap, only to find out that um, he destroyed the stones already, <laughs> and so like their their hope is lost basically at this point. It's it, oh my god! Uh, it just brings everybody way down. You see Carol Danvers kind of come in; she's fucking you know throw, is throwing her weight around, um, and you know it. You have that little scene you've seen in the trailer where you know Thor calls Stormbreaker and she like doesn't flinch. Yeah. Um, and then she's like not really in the movie for the rest of the vid- after that. But uh, they they kill mm-hmm. Thanos in the first fifteen minutes of the movie. 
that that was nuts. That was brutal. Like, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. They're pissed. He he fulfilled his mission, and you know, I was saying this the other night when after rewatching Infinity War, like, and we've known it for a while. Like, Infinity War is basically his movie, and like because most of the time we watch a film and want and expect the heroes to win like he won like that was it was his arc he achieved his mission that's why it ends when it ends and like this is really that aftermath of like what happens next and they they find him they kill him because there's like what else can they do at this point like he they thor wants revenge he and he takes it so um so basically from there on out like we i think Maybe that's when we get the title sequence, right? Yeah, like, you get the title card, yeah. So, like, that's that's really the long, cold open of uh, of this movie. And, um, you know, we pick up with the Avengers five years later. Um, Which we've 20, never we've never done that before. 2023. It's the future. It's our future. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. Crazy. yeah, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, everyone has got, kind of gone their separate ways. Tony has a family. He has a kid. Yep. Um Cap is leading a support group. Um, Thor has his uh, new Asgard and has really uh, <laughs> let loose. <laughs> oh my god! Um, the balls and, on this movie, like that's oh like my. it was. That's a pretty. I don't know. I loved that. I thought that was awesome. I re- I can relate to that. I think everybody can kind of relate to that. And it like it's kind of like a little bit real, and it's also a little bit like fun. Like if you think about what Odin looked like, and like. You know, Boar, like these are, you know, these are some big dudes, some big yeah. Norse dudes that are, you know, used to, you know, drinking some ale and fucking shit up. And I think that, <laughs> you know, they yeah. kind of express that here, too. Um, wow. You know that Ronin uh, or Hawkeye has become Ronin. He's kind of a, a vigilante in the line of uh, <laughs> Arrow. You have failed the city and started just killing people in Japan. Um, and then... Uh, before we, yeah, I mean Natasha is really kind of like the last holdout of the Avengers team, which is really interesting because she becomes the she becomes the leader. She becomes the leader, and you know, I, I think one thing that we talked about last year is that um, the quote unquote secret Avengers of like Black Widow, Cap, Falcon, they kind of are underserved in that first movie, and like they have way bigger presence this time around. Oh yeah, um, and so yeah, it picks up with her and. You know, they've got their kind of own, like, universe security council with, uh, you know, everyone Skyping in, uh, Rhodey <laughs> and uh, Carol and uh, Koye and Nebula and Rocket. Like, I mean, th- that was so, that was so interesting that it's like, well, while they're they've lost, they're still trying to take care of the this universe in the best they can. But, you know, Natasha's just not giving up. And like, there are certain things that just it's like natural disasters like they're that's not what they're they're around for you know yeah and it seems almost a little um you know ultra dramatic but also like a little bit real that like you know she's the only one you know kind of the matriarch of this really dysfunctional family now that has seen you know the highs and the lows you know she's really been through you know through the ringer you know, in a lot, in more ways than I think that certain people in, in the story, you know, we pick up with now. Uh, whereas 
before, like in when she's running around with Cap, like she has like Cap's, you know, general mission and, you know, motivation to kind of go off. Like when she's doing it all herself, it's all encompassing. She's there. Everyone's all over the galaxy. You know, we're mm-hmm. trying to figure out and, you know, pick up all the stones to make everything good. Uh, I also, I, okay. Uh, we pick up with that, but then we also get, um, you know, th- this very, you know, interesting rat that runs across the dashboard and brings back our boy, uh, Ant- <laughs> Scott Lang, Scott Lang, Ant Man. Uh, you know, you know, it's it's really funny because I feel like over the past year since Ant Man and the Wasp, we all speculated how is he going to get out of the quantum realm? Blah blah blah. Like no one could have predicted that. <laughs> so random, like. No, totally. And we had no idea that it was going to be, you know, this ridiculous. Uh, t- to me, I-, I like that it was, you know, five years later that, you know, it, it took some time for, you know, I-, I-, I don't understand why all of that stuff would have been placed in storage, though. Like, who would who would have done all who would have take- taken the car off the roof? That was a shrinking car. Cassie. Ca- yeah. Cassie. Maybe. And she's going to, but why would, if it was Cassie, why would she put it there? Wouldn't she put it like in a garage? Okay. That, all right, whatever. So, uh, so he like, he beams back into existence, um, and he comes around and then he meets up with Black Widow and Cap at, you know, Avengers, uh, you know, Westchester. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, the Scarsdale branch, um, (laughs) they go up there and, you know, he's kind of like, Hey man, like, I don't know about this, uh, quantum realm stuff but you know i was in there for five years and it really only felt like five hours so maybe if there was some way we could get somebody we knew who was real smart to figure it out and control it maybe we could like you know use this to our advantage and deal with some shit and <sighs> fucking a of course <laughs> so uh <laughs> cap and natasha are like all right like what the fuck else is going to surprise us? You know, like yeah. uh, the, uh, the two most jaded Avengers probably. Yeah, for sure. They've been through a lot, <laughs> you know, Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, like, but they, they are the brilliant minds of this team that have, have done so many great things, but also some bad things. And, um, you know, the, they they approach them both. Obviously, Tony pretty much turns them down at first. Um, so they approach Bruce, which <laughs> that diner scene. Um, you know, yeah, we so gotta this talk is, about this. I was gonna say something before we we drop the spoiler thing, but I think there were some leaks a long time ago that alluded to Professor Hulk. There were being sto- a thing. there were story leaks. Like we can yeah. we can be like kind of upfront and say like okay, so the pictures of them in New York City leaked. Yep. Four years ago, the uh, so kind of alluding to that there was going to be some kind of a time travel thing. If you yep. put it together from the Nerdist podcast, and then you also looked at the little bracelets they were holding. The whole thing, we just didn't know how it was all going to come together. And I think that in some ways they do a really nice job of kind of making it fit. And then there's some other things that we'll like deal with maybe later on. Uh, yeah. But ultimately whatever <laughs> yeah and, and the the only other thing i'll say before that is like i think the marketing and the russos and feige did a great job in kind of like um protecting all of that in, in a way of like the trailers and every um tv spot and everything that they showed us like really took place within that first um the cold open to a degree um like 
there is some stuff when they show like the quantum suits. Sure. Like that's still really early in the movie and they start to reveal, but like so much of this movie was held back and I appreciate that. It it wasn't, it wasn't, it's also stuff we've seen before. So it's not like we haven't seen, like there's some really great things that do pay off and there are things that we haven't, have never seen before, but there are also things that like, this is all it's, it really is all stuff that you've seen. Like our friend Evan came with us to see this movie and like he's a casual viewer of these movies he's mm. like i had no idea what the fuck was going on sure. and you know i think that i think that <laughs> does to, he ever though <laughs> true, love you buddy <laughs> true but like at the same time like how are we you know okay let's get back to professor hulk professor hulk. This, this is this is big this is big so like you know we've seen the hulk kind of come a long way and i think that i remember reading an article because ruffalo can't keep his fucking mouth shut Mm -hmm. Uh, a few years ago saying that like the three movie arc for Hulk between uh, Ragnarok, Ragnarok infinity war and then Endgame was going to be like a really cool conclusion to how we've seen the Hulk. And while I agree that it was a way of bringing the character's arc to a conclusion, you know, maybe for these movies, I don't know if I'm done with the Hulk yet. No, I don't feel like I'm done with the Hulk. Either. And I love this version of the Hulk. And I'm and I'm kind of like sold on whatever they want to do next with him and him showing up further down the line. So I think that they kind of did a really great job at that because now if the Hulk is a digital character, Ruffalo doesn't have to age. So Ooh. so if you can kind of do this, you could conceivably have him come in and do voiceover, and you don't have to bring him in for a full days of work. You totally total game changer for what they want to do with the Hulk going on, especially if we're going to see this new version of the Hulk, which is not so punchy punchy. No, he's, he's like, Oh, it seems kind of, whatever. Like it's it just it kind of credulous. Yeah. It's, it, it's funny that he's like, Oh yeah, I could have the best of both worlds, but like, he's really not using his strengths, Hulkness at all. It's like, he, he just kind of like made sure that he could have it, but it like he doesn't have it doesn't seem like he has the ability to transform back to his other body, right? He's left like I think while yes, it's the end of his story, like you see in this diner sequence at first, like when all the characters pick up with him, it's like, dude, you're going through some shit. Like So let's say <laughs> this okay, is what you think is normal. <laughs> let's explain though. So the Hulk in the comics at a certain point, you know, is able to merge the character of Bruce Banner and the Hulk into kind of a new being, which is Professor Hulk, in which he's has all the powers and like the look of the Hulk, but he has the mind of Bruce Banner and he's kind of merged and like it has taken one of the cool things I think that they do with the Hulk. That's a little bit interesting is because the, the Hulk is such a simple and kind of ridiculous character. We don't see a lot of his expositional beats. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of hide that shit from us so that it doesn't look so ridiculous on screen in a way that it wouldn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, instead of seeing like what happens to Hulk after age of Ultron and how he gets to, uh, Sakaar, he's just there. Whereas in this movie, like we don't see how he transforms into this new being or how the Hulk kind of comes around after, uh, infinity war. We just see him, uh, you know, as this new, as this new entity, which is, exactly what I just said, which is the, yeah. all, the look of the Hulk with the, with the mind and speech of, of Bruce Banner. He, he gives me uh, definitive vibes of beast from the X-Men. A hundred percent. That's the hundred. That's the way that they took him. Yeah. And it, it's kind of cool, but it's also interesting because he, he pretty much stays that way throughout the whole movie. Like, it, you know, we have bits of him when he's on the astral plane, but 
Um, yeah, I definitely want to see what happens next for Hulk. Well, yeah, um, but they, they they do it in a way where like I think it's more Ruffalo than it's ever been. Like yeah. you definitely feel him and like kind of his uh you know his essence <laughs> you know and his general yeah. like pattern of speech like really comes through uh the Hulk's character and persona and he's it's got really- the. The, the, the grizzled beard kind of thing going on too. I think they did a really good kind of pass in the way that like uh, Aquaman takes a pass at like selfie culture that like mm-hmm. let's do jokes about taking selfies rather than having the selfie be the joke and I think that that's kind of cool Yeah. Um, because who the fuck wants to take a picture with Ant-Man no one knows who the fuck <laughs> Ant-Man is especially five years after the snap like that's even that's like eight years after Civil War so who the fuck knows who this guy is right um, so anyway, back to the story though, like, um, they approach him with this idea of, of the quantum realm time travel. And so they, they start to take stabs at it and, and, uh, you have a, a really funny sequence of events of the test runs of, um, Scott going through, uh, the portal and coming back as, you know, a kid coming back as an old man, coming back as a baby. Um, and like, in, a, in some ways they succeed, but in some ways they don't. And then you, we also like have Tony on the side figuring this out, but like really wrestling with this idea of like, it, this is a huge gamble, right? Like if, if we can make time, he figures out time travel. If we can make it to work, are we going to all survive? Are we going to be able to win? I don't want to lose my family. Like he really wrestles with this. And like for the first time, I feel like Pepper, instead of holding him back is kind of like, you really owe it to the rest of the, the universe to, if you have the ability to stop this, you, you need to do it. Um, I wish the movie could have taken a minute of screen time to show him struggling a little bit more deeply with his time travel work. Um, <laughs> I, because yeah. I wanted to see, and like this is a fan expectations and, and how they're, they're bad. I wanted to see Tony kind of science the shit out of the spaceship. And I was mm-hmm. a little pissed when they showed Tony in the red suit. I wasn't really thrilled with that. Um, I think that they could have saved that for us, especially knowing what Tony is. And if they were going to pitch it, you know, if the first shot for that second red and black trailer was going to be him, you know, popping out of the cave, I kind of wanted to see him do that. I would have liked to have seen him try and play with the time travel maybe a little bit more and work with Mm. Hank Pym and a science bros or work with professor Hulk and more of a science bros kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, that's, it seemed a a little, you're right. It seemed a little easy that he, he just figured it out. He just figured it out. And it was like, yes, we get Tony Stark his five years in the future. He's now moved on from iron man. So it's conceivable that he's really worked after he figured out artificial intelligence and, you know, all this haptical, you know, (laughs) body armor, like, you know, uh, he's really now, he's, he's the biggest genius in the Marvel universe. And, uh, I I don't know. I I would have liked to have seen him like kind of wrestle with it or, or, or even have like a little bit more of an in-depth, like, Hey, like we're going to fuck with time. Like time's going to fuck back with us. And I think that they do that well. Um, once we get into the time travel stuff, so here's here. Okay. So let's talk about the time traveling, of it all because this is where yeah. this is the podcast this is where i get to do this sure um and and just like to, to preface that like basically they 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 figure this out um we get everybody back it's like this is the, the i mean everybody except for i guess carol um sure but, you know the, they're assembling the avengers without saying it um we get 
Hawkeye back. Like, this is like, you know, he wasn't in the last movie at all. You got um, Nebula and, and Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but like, we get this, the sequence of like, okay, well, if time travel works, now we have to figure out the plan. And, you know, this is when we, we get the, the whole bit with Thor and like the reveals of uh, Valkyrie and Korg and Meek. They all made it to Earth. Um, like this movie is just filled with all the characters. Like there's no yeah the B characters the B characters from every sequence of the mo- of the movies are included for your for your enjoyment and review. <laughs> you know, yeah. like so you get Korg, you get Meek, uh, you get New Asgard. Uh, you know, as a you know kind of a very similar to Aquaman's village. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> you got you got Santa Thor. <laughs> Santa Thor is that what we're calling him? I that's what Megan started dubbing. Uh, I mean, I, especially no. later on when he's got like the red jacket on. Okay, yeah, he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, that's that's coming this year, man! Holy shit! Uh, okay, so Santa Thor. Uh, you know, I love that they just give him like a, a suit. They're like, here, here's just like a big, you know, fatter suit for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like, kept waiting for the moment where they were going to like have some sort of, uh, the thing is, like, he, he like really never came out of his funk until like after his chat with his mother. Like he, I just was like, okay, is he going to, you know, come back and, you know, work out and get his body back? Or is it like, as soon as he puts like, gets the power of Thor and, and, uh, you know, puts on the the armor. Is he gonna be like ripped again? Or no, no, it, he's fat the whole movie. <laughs> I love it. It's a bold choice, and they stick it, yeah. and I love it. And I think that it's fun. I think that they make it fun for Hemsworth. I think that he likes the. Well, I remember him talking a lot in articles like about when Ragnarok was coming out that he didn't really like the old proper like Shakespearean Thor. That he yeah. thought that that character was pretty wooden and like not really fun and like it didn't it only really worked in the first you know two the first movie and the Avengers movie and that by Thor the Dark World he was kind of like done with that version of Thor so to ha- and to have him do Age of Ultron which he also has a lot of like big plot lifting to do in that movie too with his whole you know Thor in the pool scene mm-hmm. um you know like uh, he wanted he likes to do other shit and he's also really funny and he's a yeah. great actor and he's really one of these guys who is. I think really done well outside of the Avengers movie too. You know, like I think, you know, Chris Evans had Snowpiercer a few years ago. It's critically acclaimed. It's a fantastic movie, but I don't think it has the same kind of crossover appeal as the other Hemsworth projects that he's done. Um, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I think um, it, it's hard because I, and this is sort of a tangent, but like Chris Hemsworth, like has had trouble being the leading man on movies, but you know, I think we're coming out of the other side of like, they people have started to figure out what to do with him, like having him. He's, as fu- a, he's a, funny. Be funny. He's fu- yeah. And like vacation and Ghostbusters, like men in black looks great. Like I think, yeah, you need to use his humor and, and not so much of his like serious. Um, he's, he's not he's not like your pure action hero star. Like he, right. he needs to have that kind of duality. Um, but anyway, so like, yeah, he's a reluctant hero here. He like he he's really resigned to his his shack and he doesn't want to fight. He killed Thanos and he failed his uh, mission. And, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of convincing to bring him back to the Avengers. And it, what they say, like <laughs> we got beer on the ship. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but you know, then we have like the, the major exposition of 
uh, the whole team figuring out when to time travel to because they have limited resources. They want to get all the stones um, before Thanos can get them. And, you know, I, I love that realization from Black Widow. It's like, wait, if we go to the right year, like there are three time stone, uh, three uh, Infinity Stones in New York City. Yep. And that's like, that's huge because it means that they can move a lot more faster yeah and they don't have to like do the whole chase like in the last movie you know yeah. they're, they're they i mean they still have to collect them all but it's not like okay we have to go to go back to every single movie and and the cool thing is like even when they don't um like we have avengers the the, the first avengers movie but like in that sequence we also get bits of like winter soldier you get that elevator scene like that mm-hmm they're able to call back to, to it without having to go back to that same time period. Um, and it's interesting to me that like the way the Russos tell this is like, they don't tell us the teams in advance. Like we only find out the teams as soon as like they land yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where they, where they are. And like the, I think my biggest gripe is, um, is with the soul stone. Like they know that, you know, Thanos, yeah. Got the soul stone and Gamora didn't come back. Like they don't know the exact like inner workings of like you have to sacrifice. sacrifice yeah, but like what are they gonna love? do? I was thinking about this, but what are they gonna do? Bring a fucking ram? <laughs> like they're not gonna you know, there is no um for the purpose of the story, yeah. you have to make it so that you know, they're fighting against each other to to sacrifice themselves. And I think that the way you summarized it yesterday at the bar afterwards was best where you were like, you know, this is her family. This she's this is her everything. And, you know, as Clint has already lost everything, this is her. This is his real last tie to humanity. This is his biggest sacrifice. And for him to let go. um, So, okay, so let's go back. So they said so uh, you have a really great callback moment where uh, Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow are on the ship. And they're fucking blasting through hyperspace. And they're like, yeah. this is fucking crazy. Can't believe is, we came from Budapest to this, man. There's nothing like Budapest. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they land on Vormir. And which it, I thought it was interesting because I thought that they, like, just already started walking on Vormir. It seems that you just, like, you get to Vormir and then you're immediately walking on the ground. <laughs> you know? Like, nobody, yeah. like, lands their ship anywhere. So uh, they're walking around. <laughs> they get to Red Skull. And you're like, this fucking motherfucker again. And, like, I thought that he would tell different bits. I thought it would be interesting to hear maybe, like, uh, him say other shit that yeah. about other people who had tried or if they were the only people who had tried. Um, but it seemed more or less that Red Skull is like a Disney ride and like you get there, he activates and like you, (laughs) you know, and like he's, it's a recording basically. Yeah. You know, he's like, welcome to Disney's hall of presidents, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and you walk and he shows you around. Um, okay. But I love it that because like Hawkeye has that be like, okay, thanks guy. Uh, (laughs) Just leave him in the corner. Yeah. So he's over there looking, you know, ghoulishly. I think they really upped his like cape work in this movie. Uh, and you know, you kind of have this really cool moment where, you know, Hawkeye and Black Widow are always fighting in these movies. I think that that's kind of interesting that they're usually fighting each other maybe for more screen time than they are fighting bad guys together. Um, Mm. So I would hate to see a Black Widow movie and not have any Hawkeye in it. Marvel, take take heed of what I'm saying. Uh, So when they're, you know, it's kind of their last little 
you know, bout where they're, you know, tripping and kicking over each other before they fall over. You really feel the emotional uh, stance there. And I think it does a better job of portraying how you deal with sacrifice in the soul stone, in my opinion, better than infinity war. I've watched infinity wars scene with the soul stone twice with the commentary on. So I've done my research on this. Okay. And to me, I think that they, they capture that scene wrong. Um, I think that like, like while they play it, like Gamora is so tough and she's like, ha ha ha, you're laughing at, um, you know, the end. Like, I just don't believe that this like really amazing assassin daughter of Thanos who knows where Vormir is in the beginning. Like same thing with this movie that like, she doesn't already see what's going on here. And I think, and, and I think that there's something to be said that, you know, there's more soul stone left. And again, I watched this commentary twice. Um, they do confirm that that area in the, in the orange universe at the end of infinity war after Thanos does the snap is soul world. So I, I, you know, we were speaking about this yesterday. We can kind of go into this maybe later, but maybe this is the perfect time. I don't know if we're done with soul world. No. I mean, the fact that they saved it as the last stone to be found in infinity war, um, and all the other ones kind of have had their movies and their powers have been realized. Like this one is still kind of underutilized and like in the comic books is huge. The, it's huge. It's it's the one and even Red Skull um, alludes to it. It's like this one has power over the others. And um, and Adam Warlock is a huge character in, in the comic books that is direct ties to the Soul Stone. And maybe that's not the exact road that like road they're going, but. You know, it seems like we're getting Adam Warlock. It seems like we may still have more story to tell with the Soul World, and I think you know it, it would be really ripe for Guardians of the Go- Galaxy Volume Three, like to have a bunch yeah. of of that in there. You know, I I completely agree with you, and I think that you know Black Widow is a character that we love, and and while we do feel her, you know, her absence, it's interesting that there's a few characters that don't come back. I would have sworn that you know Vision. And uh, and Black Widow would have been brought back, but it's interesting that you can't you can't bring Gamora back either, because mm-hmm. of the way that they are sacrificed. It can't be undone. Red Skull mm-hmm. says, so right. But like may, maybe in the in like in the comics, maybe right. Adam Warlock or somebody can go into the Soul World and bring people out. Well, I think um, that something that uh, that Marvel has been teasing for a while is that you know something that that Brie Larson specifically would like to do is a female kind of Avengers movie. Yeah, I, I don't think that you get to that without having uh, Black Widow and Gamora. So Guardians of the Galaxy three, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. And then, move, and move, then you mentioned vi- you mentioned Vision, and the yeah. only thing I will say is that. Um, while uh, he didn't show up, you know, maybe Shuri got a good bit of the way done of the download, and maybe they can repair him at some point, and maybe that's how he he comes back. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what they do. I I think that uh you know, um we see that we uh we remember that Captain America had to put the stones back in the correct order that they were taken in to be in time where they were. Mm-hmm. so that eternity can go on and go forth wherever the mind stone is placed will kind of determine i think where we end up catching up with vision if if and when right. that ever happens i mean and and then maybe he's different maybe if he doesn't have the the stone in him maybe he's a different person and or he doesn't have the same memories or he's not in love with uh with scarlet witch like all those things are coming from the comics too so like 
Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen the last of him. He'll, I mean, obviously he's in the show, and they will explain how they're going to bring him back or, or yeah. in a, whatever way. Um, okay, so the other uh, missions. Um, yeah, you uh, got let's go to New mich- York. You, oh, let's, go to New York. Sure, go to New York. We gotta go. We gotta go to New York. Um, well, okay, no, you're right. Let's go. <laughs> go to War Machine and Nebula. This is quick. Yeah. Like, this is this is the other half of the, that team that's in t- 2014, um, and like. This is where things start to go awry, right? Yeah, like, this is. I think this is really a great plot point. I couldn't have predicted that this is where they went with the movies. So I'm glad that the way that this whole scene worked out. So right, we like end. Every, up, our expectations are like, oh, they're going to succeed and everything is going to go swimmingly and nothing is going to go wrong and like shit goes wrong. Yeah, in a lot so, of ways. So in 2014 on Morag, the original planet, um, where we start with Star Lord and the beginning of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Um, we set, we see, uh, you know, War Machine, Rhodey, and Nebula who go to this planet to wait for Star-Lord to bring them along. However, because there are now two Nebulas in the galaxy, uh, Nebula, uh, 2023 is, uh, her frequencies and identity code are being shared with the, uh, 2014 counterpart to use terminology from Dr. Emmett Brown, the you know, form, foremost uh, <laughs> scientific theorist on time travel technology. <laughs> um, I want to watch Back to the Future. I have them all on Blu-ray, motherfucker. Uh, so, uh, th- you know, they're now corresponding and kind of, uh, wh- what do you call it? Um, like how electrons share space. They are elect- uh, electronically tethered to one another and that they can now see all of the memories and access the files of the nebula from the, the future in the past and see kind of what happens. And they watch uh, mm-hmm. Thanos 2014 watches old the dead burnt up crispy Thanos die and talk about <laughs> how his inevitability. And yeah, sees so he, the- know, he knows everything that happens, but also Gamora now knows everything that happens and everything he does. Right. So it becomes very real very quickly. Yeah that there's there's a threat there and um i was like as it was going along i was like well either they're gonna have some way for the nebula's minds to switch um and like that she was gonna become like a secret agent but then they end up just doing a straight up swap um yeah you know the head plate thing um which like yeah that that's that's horrible that sucks and uh, I kept thinking that we we're gonna get the the bit from the Infinity Gauntlet, where Nebula, old evil Nebula, puts the gauntlet on and like wants to use it. But I think it they kind of teased it, but they they never went there because it's like, what would she do? <laughs> it's kind of hard to say what she would do. Uh, yeah. So um, okay. So we all right. So let's pick up. So we now know we have the the Power Stone, the the Orb, as it is called. Now uh, back with War Machine and Rhodey, they make it home. Uh, and now we also have a team that has been sent to 2012 Avengers Assemble New York where the Chitauri are invading and we now have to get the Space, Mind Stone, and the Time Stone all at the same time. And our characters have now have to split up. So we see uh, Hulk, Bruce Banner, or Professor Hulk, or Hulk, whatever the fuck. He's going to go off and go to uh, Sanctum Santorum and our uh, Ant-Man, uh, Iron Man, and Cap are going to go into Stark Tower and pretty much pick up at the very end of the first Avengers movie and kind of continue through and, and do some really fun shit 
uh, Marty McFly Back to the Future 2 style in a way that is uh, really awesome. This was so great because it, it it's story that was never told on screen, but like very much alluded to. It's just like plot beats. And like, I love the little bit of like seeing Hawkeye and, and uh, Black Widow, like having some alcohol in the, in the tower and like the aftermath. It's like, of course, all this stuff isn't in the movie. This is like the, well, shout out to like Marvel for like being cool with all. And, and most of the people being cool with like, Hey, we have to come back and do a day on uh Endgame because our secondary characters are crucial to the thorough, you know, uh, universeness of it all and like you get alexander pierce robert redford showing up from winter soldier and that's that like so shock i mean it would be one thing if he was in that movie and they just reuse footage but like this is brand new yeah never seen never seen before so you have him come back and then you have this great scene in uh the elevator which just totally mirrors and rhymes with the winter soldier scene but you know, our our smart future jaded cap knows that all these fucking idiots are Hydra, and he's like fucking hell Hydra in a total callback to that comic that just came out a few years ago, yeah, yes. and it was like, oh my god, this is fucking crazy, this is crazy, and you, I thought he was gonna like fuck them all up. I didn't know I, that they me, were gonna. Me too. I didn't know that they were gonna go this route. So when they do, it's so shocking and so fun. And super um, smart, super so, smart, and yeah. uh, and like played so perfectly in the Back to the Future two of it all. Like you, you think about like what's so like what's interesting about Back to the Future two is it's not that you're really traveling back in time for Marty. You're traveling back in time to a movie, and they did this well. But they all they didn't go back to the movie. They traveled back to the time so that they could really fuck around with the extra stuff that we've never seen before, like yeah. going down in the elevator and the whole scene in the uh, in the lobby. Uh, great retcon for Marvel and the people who wanted to bring Loki back because those motherfuckers got serviced, man. Oh, um, that was that. It was genius. Like you have really, like again, our expectation is oh they're gonna succeed and then boom, they drop the the tesseract and Loki pieces out. Now like it's like all, the whole time travel stuff is kind of hard to explain and like that's got like a whole nother podcast. But no like, no no I I we're gonna talk about it. So but, but like we, but we're not now there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> but there he's yet. off there. He's out in the world. Like arguably, it means that his. His he's alive in some reality, and that uh, yeah, we're gonna see his story. Yeah, I think that this gives them the open-ended alternate universe what if series for Loki, and I think that it now gives them a whole new fun world to play in. Um, we don't, you know, if uh, you know, he's. I think that it's fine if it's all in this alternate reality it's totally easy it's like buster keaton it's like silent film he doesn't say a fucking thing but we know everything about what that two minutes of story beat is just from what happens and what he does Mm -hmm. and it's awesome so like on part on marvel's part like the effortless huge expositional storytelling that they have to do in three hours with every single character in the marvel universe is crazy and I, I, I like that scene. I think that has good implications. And then we see that they don't necessarily they don't get the space stone uh, from uh, the 2012 counterparts. 
they do end up getting the time stone from the uh, ancient one, which was kind of cool that they get Tilda Swinton back. Yeah, and she has a lot to do in this movie and a lot She's of exposition huge. to say. And it's really interesting because, like, obviously she has the ability to kind of see through time and knows that Doctor Strange is still a surgeon and will one day become a sorcerer. But, like, it, it was strange <laughs> that she was in New York. Like, I don't know if that it was something we expected because when we first see her, she's in Camartage and... But it was it was good. I, I think it, it made a lot of sense to have well, if they're all, a if recognizable they're all, face. It, yeah, it makes sense. But there's, I mean, if the Sanctum Santora are all are all connected to each other through, yeah. you know, what is it, Hong Kong, London, and New York, then yeah. it, it stands to reason that she could just be there. I don't. Yeah, I'm as not, soon as there's an invasion on Earth, like in New York City, she's yeah. Scared. I'm not. You're I'm right. not. You're I'm right. not worried about that. So. Uh, her being there was fine. I thought they had a really kind of a cool scene doing the expositional lifting that they have to do to say how we're going to set this all right going into the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I really appreciated kind of her being like, oh shit, well, Strange is the fucking supposed to be, you know, the best one ever. If he fucking did this, then I have to give this to you. So, uh, I think that that really is a great scene. I love the, 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 the punch that she gives to, to Bruce Banner. So you get Bruce Banner for five minutes in the movie. Um, she gives him the time stone, but because we don't have the space stone, we can't necessarily leave just yet. So then it's up to, you know, Tony and Cap to go back to 1970 New Jersey and uh, retrieve the um, the space stone and the Tesseract from the, the pre-Hydra infested uh What's a Z? What's the guy's name? Zola. Uh, Arnim Zola. Arnim yeah. Zola database thing, uh, storage facility. Ultimately, they're raiders on the Lost Ark bunker to go uh-huh. grab the tesseract and then move and on. Some more pimp pimp articles. Okay, so here I have a, I got so okay. I think this is probably one of the things that people are p- nitpicking in this movie, and I think that mm. one of the things that uh, maybe could have been just really easily just scooped over and maybe just changed a little bit within the story is that if I did like the fact that the time machine in this movie was not such a big plot device, like it wasn't very sexy. It wasn't a car. It wasn't something you could really easily move around. Um, but like, but it seemed to have general rules that you have to be wearing the special suit with the pin particles in your ass. And then you turn on your respirator and then you can travel into the quantum realm through the quantum realm. And then back, you get two trips and, but you have to go through the big fucking door. Why didn't they have to go back to counter to present day Avengers Mansion, recalculate for 1970, and then go back to uh, get it again? To me, that's where their time travel uh, dynamics break the fuck down, and that's uh, unfortunate. But also, I don't know. I, I think Tony. I mean, Tony invented no the this GPS. Shit, right? The GPS is not the time travel device. It's just the GPS. It just tells you where you are and mm-hmm. where you and exactly where in space you are. It doesn't tell you. Um, necessarily, uh, you know how to go back. So to me, like, no. <laughs> okay, I, I, I see. Uh, that, that's a good point. But like, maybe there's a way it can communicate back with the main device and like. But there, because, was there anybody back in the back in Avengers Mansion like no, working but the like, control? Th- but the thing is, like, they all go into the quantum realm at the same time and go to all different places. So like, it has the ability to sync up with, with various points in time. So like. Why couldn't it do that for them to go to New Jersey? I don't know, dude. I'm d- why if you need the platform for Cap to go back, 
Right. You need him to go through the floor. You need mm-hmm. the device for them to go. Well, I, I, the way I see it is like it, they they go back into the quantum realm and then they they just take a different path. It's like they it's not that they go directly. They go into the quantum realm to get there. I, I don't know. You know, you see them all kind of will in the you, quantum realm and go in different will directions. Have to, somebody will have to answer for this. Some really somebody will <laughs> somebody on a DVD commentary or in a panel in the next few weeks will have to be like, "Hey, what the fuck?" and they'll explain. And fine. Yeah. Uh but uh okay, so they go back to 1970s New Jersey to this shield facility. I think this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Totally. Um when they're walking around and you get to, so you grab the Tesseract, you grab some pin particles from the most beautiful Michael Douglas that we've seen in, in years. I mean, yeah. just uh, astounding, but the de-aging technology has come a long way, man. Yeah. And it's they, fantastic. It's wild shit. So, so, and, and the, I think the really cool thing about this is like, obviously this movie, um, was hyper focused on your original six Avengers added players for sure but like it will it wanted to bring things back home and, and and go to the that core team and like yes there's there's hawkeye and um black widow like they and they're they're a huge heart and they have a huge storyline themselves but like the the main three of thor iron man and cap all like have interactions with their past and it like comes they come face to face with it and it's 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 really powerful that they are able to do this and like in New York or in New Jersey um you have Tony Stark face to face with his father right before he's born huge huge and like they have this whole interaction and then um i love that there's a they had uh his the butler Jarvis who is the same actor that was on the Peggy Carter series which was awesome connectivity like they don't do a lot of back and forth with these kinds of things like no agent Colson or anything like that. But like, um, you know, that was kind of cool for, for some of us nerds and like, yeah, you have this, this moment where, you know, Tony Stark is now he's older than his father is at this moment. He's the one giving him the, the advice. And, you know, it's, it, it's very much the, the, the back to the future of it all, right? Like yeah. you have Marty McFly talking to, to his dad. Yeah, and it's it's great, man. I think it really plays out in a really awesome – it brings Tony's arc full circle um, because, you know, in the whole movie, the, all the movies kind of leading up to Avengers, you see Howard Stark as this, you know – monolithic character that you know influenced everything and tony's just striving to be as good as him it's not until you know iron man 3 and then age of ultron where really tony stark kind of surpasses him in a lot of ways where he's creating artificial intelligence and uh you know really helping the world on a grand scale just on his own kind of dealing with an avengers level threat by himself Mm -hmm. um you know, that we see Tony kind of surpass and ultimately not need the, you know, kind of the recognition of his father. And then in Civil War, we see him kind of take on the cynicism and, you know, kind of the um, the jadedness of his dad. And that, like, we have to deal with this. We have to be accountable for what we're doing. We are in charge now. We have to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you really have seen kind of Tony go through this complete you know, experience where now he's a dad and he's just like this soft, mushy guy who, you know, 
doesn't resent his dad and doesn't feel bad about this stuff and, and sees his, you know, his place in the universe to try to improve and fix and make things better. And it really, I, I think it was great. And I love the John, I love John Slattery. I think he's a great Howard Stark. Yeah. It's really interesting that they are, I love that they're able to get everybody back, man. And he shows up and he's, uh, um, you know, kind of his, you know, fifties, you know, talking kind of like a crazy guy kind of self. And they're kind of going back <laughs> and, and they get a little hug action in and boom, we got the space stone. Boom. Uh, and, and then on the other half, we have cap, uh, trying to get the pin particles and he's able to do this. Um, also another, uh, gr- great cameo event nicole nicole brown uh, the russos are known for dropping in a themselves they have cameos and we had a russo brother cameo towards the beginning of this movie but they also have um some of their favorite uh actors and actresses from their days on like community and other shows and so she's in this one similar to how we had um uh what's his name abed abed and um the, the the dean i can't remember their their the actors names right now but anyway and so but cap encounters peggy carter and i think this is like the and like obviously they don't talk here but right. this is the moment where i think cap has this realization that's like well maybe i can go back and have a life right like this is where he's seeing like everything he's missed and you know they they all have like in a lot of ways, Age of Ultron, with with those visions that they got, all kind of come to pass here. Like in in many ways, um, you, we see Tony's really the the battle is here. Um, cap cap with the dance. Um, so like, yeah, I I think this is where he's starting to think about maybe if if we win, maybe I can do this. And so um, that's a great, that's a good point. It's a, it's a great moment. Um, and you know, I think he does the right thing because it, if if he actually talked to to Peggy, things would have gone to shit, right? Like, no, you can't you can't go and, and talk to Peggy at that moment in time. He has to yeah. go on with the mission and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, and All right. in 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 that tra- in that line of trajectory, you know, we've lost Black Widow at this point. H- Hawkeye has the Soul Stone. Well, we return back to you know Avengers Mansion, and everybody's there except Black Widow. And now, well, we- so actually, before that, we haven't talked about Thor. Oh yeah, Thor. Yeah, sure. Um, Thor, Thor, and Rocket um, go to Asgard in 2013, and we get the fucking return. Bradley Cooper, man. Like, <sighs> dude. I mean, I know this guy gets a lot of fucking credit and a lot of fucking clout, and like he's huge. But like, think about like the things he did in the past two years. Like, he's nuts. Like, he's an energetic force. Like, he's in all these Marvel movies. He's fucking hilarious in every single one of them. In every yep. one of them. He's funny. He's not just, and he's not just like little funny or like has, you know, he usually has one or two moments, but like he's, he's great. And And I I don't even see him. It's like, he's he's so lost in that character, lost in that role. It it, it is rocket. Like there's no, it's, it's amazing. Like he does this and nobody fucking talks about it. Nobody fucking talks about it. Like, yes, stars born amazing fucking movie, amazing achievement for a director to do that kind of a movie that time out with Gaga, with all the singing, yada, yada, yada. Nobody fucking talks about rocket. Rocket is awesome. Rocket is a great character. Rocket has got heart. It's yeah. Heart, humor, everything. So he's off with Thor and, you know, in 2013's The Dark World, uh, Asgard. Who would have thought 
that we would go back there of all places. <laughs> I think that they picked it on purpose, man. I think that yeah. they wanted to pick, you know, or designed it in like thoughtfully enough to say like, you know, hey, like, let's give people a reason to go watch uh, Thor: The Dark World one more time. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, let's it, it, stream that movie a few more times. It's interesting. Like we were talking before, like it, going to New York City when there are three stones makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. The 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 Soul World, like, yeah, I think, um, or or going to Vormir, they could have gone basically at any time. But if they're going to 2014, yeah, that Morag. makes sense. Go get them at the same time. Great. Um, yeah, it's interesting that they picked this because they could have gone and grabbed it from the collector. They could have done that. They could have. Yeah, um, that's true, but that's not, you know, no, this, yeah, this, that's like, not as fun. But this, like, they wanted to have a moment for Thor and, like, to, yeah, really redeem that film and give um, more uh, weight to his mother's character. Because, honestly, like, her death in, in Thor of the Dark World, like, you feel it at the moment, but it's like she wasn't really around all that much. No, she really wasn't. And, and you get a good couple of Odin moments throughout the Thor series of movies. Yeah. Um, where he does have some, they do have some good, you know, time on screen together. It's, it's fucking Anthony Hopkins. Uh, but they don't give, um, uh, Rene Russo, Rene Russo time. And, I think that they did a good job of being like, "Oh, you're my son, but you're not fucking from here. I'm I'm fucking from raised from witches, motherfucker. I know what you're not my son." <laughs> and like they go and they have a good little meeting and and he's she's kind of like, "Listen, like people fuck up. Like it's the world's crazy. Like yet also thinking on their kind of scale of time, like an Asgardian scale of time is different yeah. from ours. Like They've been around for thousands of years. Yeah, Thor's like fifteen hundred years old, right? You know, seemingly her mother could be, you know, maybe a thousand, maybe a couple thousand years older than he is. So yeah. it's uh on their kind of scale, like they've seen so much happen in the universe and so much change and uh you know, the way that power is, you know, uh divided, you know, the way that Odin used to rule with Hela, like they all like know this. You know, so yeah. I think that they give her a really great send off, a really great moment to be with Thor and close his a lot of his Asgardian arcs. Like he's now totally done with Asgard at the end of this movie, and we'll get there. But like he he really kind of closes his um, yeah. Asgardian identity, and she really get, gives him the kick in the pants that he needs to like step, step up. up. And, you know, realize, like, yes, you lost a lot of things. And she doesn't need to know those minute details. And he, obviously he wants to tell her her fate and everything. But, like, nope, just, like, you got you to gotta, you gotta step up. The, the, the world, the universe needs you. Um, and so, and smartly, I think, they, at first, the, the expectation is that Thor is going to go in and see Jane Foster, which, wow, Natalie Portman back. I didn't see that ever coming. Yeah. Um, Again, new scenes. These are all filmed new for this film. Um, and uh, instead, like, it makes more sense for him to have this moment with his mother and Rocket to just, like, grab it. Grab the yeah. Per- it's Yeah. Per- it's used- she's used perfectly. Yeah. Um, and, like, all right, like, they don't need to have a kissy-kissy makeup. Like, we can just move on and get to the next, you know, part of the story here. So we grab the stuff on Asgard. We grab the stuff on Morag. And we all meet up back at Avengers Mansion where we now forge a new version of the infinity gauntlet. Um, the that, Stark gauntlet, the Stark gauntlet, which is, is, is cool. Um, and it's then decided that our big, our, you know, the Jolly green giant 
Hulk uh, is gonna now, you know, mm-hmm. put on the gauntlet and reverse the right. snap. And we and we at this point, like you said before, we've lost Black Widow, and you know, there's there's definitely a a toll taken um, on everybody, and it's like another motivating factor. Like this, she was one of the people pushing them through to to get to, this shit get, all fixed up. Yeah, and so like her sacrifice is um you know for the greater good and you know while during the movie i thought maybe it would make sense for hawkeye to be lost because he's already lost everything but no the the goal is for them to win and you know he needs to be there with his family in the end um and you know i think one thing that maybe this was because the russos never really picked up this plot thread um you know there there's like a moment there with um with Bruce and Nat uh, in Infinity War and like a, a little bit of a moment in, in this one, but like they really dropped the whole romantic plot thread there that was going on in Age of Ultron. And like, yeah, it, it was put there, you know, it was put there seditiously to move pl- the plot along of that movie. Uh huh. And it wasn't ever, I don't think, you know, there is no like big, I don't think there's a big comic book history of them being together. No, no, no. Uh, it's just, it's just interesting that, and I think, it makes sense from like Black Widow's perspective that, you know, so much has changed when Bruce comes back to Earth and, you know, like they immediately have this fight that they're not going to. She's like, I, I've kind of moved on. Like we, we were maybe going to have a thing, but like you left, you left me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like it's kind of a shame that they never really get to resolve that. Um, they don't have a, m- a moment where they talk and maybe there's a deleted scene somewhere, but. But yeah, so you know we we are down one of the core Avengers, but like we're into this last leg of the movie where they have all the stones, but Thanos is coming. Well, yeah. So um, they okay. So they put all the stones in the gauntlet. Uh, you know, what, uh, Hulk says that you know some of the radiation is all gamma, so like he's not um, too you know worried about it. He thinks he can deal with it. Um, and that he's going to, you know, kind of just bring everybody back. There's a decision that, like, we're not going to reverse time. We're not going to go back to a time before this, which I thought was really their whole game all along. I thought that, th- at, that at the end of this movie, like, the Avengers would be snapping into existence a new reality. That we would not be <sighs> continuing on the same reality that we had. Yeah, I'm, I was really surprised at that, too. Because, like, you know, all of our theory, theorization of, like, okay, how are they going to bring mutants in? How are they going to, you know, introduce all these other ideas? Like, and I mean, obviously they have this alternate reality stuff and time travel stuff now, but I thought that the entire universe was going to look different. Yeah. I thought we were really going to, no, it really doesn't. And they really wanted to kind of, uh, maintain all of the, what I think is the continuity pretty much full up until this movie that, you know, all the characters, you know, that we're going to bring back, they're going to continue on going forward and we're all going to move on together from here on out, which makes, I think, Far From Home, it's going to be a different movie in a different tone of a universe if they're, if half the planet is coming back and, like, we're all dealing with where they've all been for five years. Yeah. You know, like, so if Ned is just coming back, you know, and he doesn't seem to have age and they're all in school, it would stand to reason that, like, probably Ned got snapped, right? I guess so. Right. So like, so, so that, so like that's in and of itself one idea. Another idea that I thought was like, just by saying that like it, it, like that when they snap, it releases this radiation. It releases this kind of big cosmic blast that, you know, has a unique signature. 
definitely throwing in the mutants in there, man. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's it. You're right. Because so it, it's ground zero like twice, three times. Yeah, and uh, they know Earth that is ground zero. Okay. They know they know where that is. They know how to how to detect that blast. And and the gamma radiation. They they name drop that idea that you know it it's all in there. And yeah, you're right. There so so that's probably it. So I think we're I think we're okay on that front. Where you know so then we get the Hulk who. I'm, I have a controversial opinion here. Um, the Hulk uses the Infinity Gauntlet and then is badly burned and hurt, but he's pretty much sidelined from that point on. And mm-hmm. I understand that, like, the Hulk has come a long way and that, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, Bruce Banner and the Hulk have reconciled and that they, you know, it's no longer that they do, like, battle anymore or, or at least battle in this movie. Um, I kind of wanted to see Hulk go up, Hulk go up against Thanos and have a rematch of the first beginning of Infinity War. Be- yeah, but like we said earlier, the he he's not about fighting really. He he's using his strength and his body strength to to do the snap, and he he has a brain, but he doesn't have like that innate ability to fight like the Hulk does. And I, you know, they don't really um, talk about the fact that like it is kind of a Jekyll and Hyde personality. So like when Banner brings his mind up forward, you would think, right, that Hulk's mind is like buried deep below, right? Yeah. So like, it, yeah, it, it kind of is weird that uh, he's suppressing this almost other person inside of him. And, uh, you know, with with the, the thing that the, now he can't actually fight, and obviously he's injured, so... Um, he needs rescuing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, uh, I. You're right. I didn't. Like, I didn't. I did not love that. I thought it was okay. It's fine. Maybe we'll get more Hulk in the future. I, I'm thinking that's got to be what I thinking that's got to be what the plan is by making him a CG character, man. I think that that yeah. brings him, that lets them use him into the future. Sure. That uh, so okay so, um uh so Hulk uses the the stones. We go out. We see all of a sudden there's birds back and. Uh, you know, Linda Cardellini calls Hawkeye, um, so we know that she's back around. So it seems to have worked at least for the first, I guess, 30 seconds that they are, you know, into this process, while at the same time, the evil Nebula has now used the uh, time machine to bring back um, Thanos' whole ship and pretty much blow up half the Avengers facility and bring him into Earth's atmosphere. So wait a second. How, like... How does the <laughs> Yeah, it, I don't it, I don't know, dude. I think it, that it's it, it's not just a person, it's not just like a group of people. It's like his entire fleet. At, that, well, later later on, yes, but that's when he uh that's um that, isn't he he's isn't he wearing the gauntlet when the other people come back or isn't he uh he he would have called other people. They could have jumped there. I I'll give him the other people coming later. Okay, I don't so get... he gets his ship, and then he calls other people to help him. Yeah, because like, the 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 Black Order comes with him, and Gamora well, comes with him. Theoretically, that ship is also huge. So, and that's yeah. and we know that that ship is Sanctuary Two because Sanctuary One is blown up in the end of Avengers. So, uh, when you have this ship, it's got all of his shit on it, and you know they're all just inside there. So, I don't know how they got all that shit through, man. I don't I don't know how that worked. I think it's possible they could have employed the Pym particle-ness of it all that, you know, they'll shrink him down or something or 
whatever. But uh, so it, it fine. Um, anyway, he shows up, and we get the the core three, even Fat Thor. Um, oh, and even we, Fat Thor, yeah. And and the other piece of this is that when Thor was on Asgard, he stole the hammer from himself. Oh my god! So, so Mjolnir awesome. is back, and he's like wielding both of them at the same time. Um, and you know, our core three are going up to fight Thanos. Like they did the snap, but like they gotta they gotta fight him off because like he we they can't let him get it again. No, we um, have we have to stop this motherfucker. So yeah, you get arguably one of the best fighting scenes the MCU has ever put together. I think better than the, the April, the airport scene by leaps and bounds. Oh, the, yeah. uh, um, you know, the stakes alone are, are super high. The action and the fight coordination is unique to each character. We this, all, is, this is better and bigger than the fight in Wakanda. Um, and it, it kind of, well, the, it gets to that point, but it gets the, to that point. Yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. the, the original Trinity of Avengers we saw, fight in the woods back in Avengers one, like they all kind of come together in this really kind of great battle. It's interesting that like Iron Man isn't too present in it. Like from my memory, looking back on it, it's really Thor and Captain America kind of, you know, trading blows and ultimately uh, weapons <laughs> where oh my God. Oh we, my get God. The, we get oh the final payoff. So that yeah. Payoff. Can you share your theory that you saw or, or yeah. Or, yeah. 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 So there's a, the theory out there, um, with, with Cap and Mjolnir is that in Age of Ultron when he tries to move or pick up the hammer like everybody else in the bit it moves a little bit but he is deemed unworthy and the reason is because he has the knowledge from um, when uh, Zola revealed all the Hydra secrets that um, Tony Stark's parents were murdered not it wasn't a car accident and that it was a, a hit from Hydra. Like, and this is revealed to Tony Stark at the end of Civil War. And he asks Cap, did you know? And he says, yes. He didn't know it was Bucky that did it, but he knows that Hydra murdered them. And so that is the theory out there that is why Cap wasn't worthy. And so now, um, with that off of his chest and everyone else kind of reconciled, he has the ability to wield Mjolnir. And it's not just one shot. Oh yeah, God. it's a Glorious. it's a it's a good little sequence, and it's a, it's a lot. He he uses it a lot, and it's amazing. I screamed yeah. in, in the theater. Yeah, and it was awesome. I mean, like side note, our audience was amazing. I, you know Such... what? Actually, I thought it was. I don't know if we had a great audience. I thought we had. Whoa. a No, I think that this was a very this was a first look, pensively curious audience. How okay. do I know that, and why do I know that? Because nobody fucking cheered when Captain Marvel showed up. Nobody did a fucking thing when she uh, shows up to save Tony Stark. If the, on a second watching, or if you go to a different theater, okay. I'm telling you, people are gonna go crazy when she shows yeah. up. And we the had other some bit jaded I, fucking fans that were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and the other bit where people didn't cheer that I expected to cheer was when it was like all of the female heroes. Nobody did anything. Was, no, I was like, I was like starting to clap, and like no one else is clapping. I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, but like there were a lot of really great moments where people were cheering and clapping and um but you're right it could have been better um but uh, it's not that, it's anyways, not that so, it could have been better i just think that we had an audience that we weren't necessarily watching and enjoying we were watching to see what happened and like okay. when you're that invested in the story and you've been thinking about this for so long and we've all been you know building up the last jedi expectations of how tony stark is going to get out of the spaceship um, to have her show up, even with how amazing she was in this last movie, 
for her not to get a huge applause break when that happens was was weird. And yeah. I was like, whoa, we're in for a, we're in for a weird crowd that is feeling like I am because just like everybody else, I didn't clap because I'm like, oh, and like I I think that there's something to be said that we've. In the second watching, the cheering can, I think, probably get a little bit even crazier because you're expecting what's going to happen and you, and you want yeah. to go through those beats again. Uh, whereas in this movie, like, I feel like people were like, what, 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 what? And like, and were uh-huh. more reserved in their jubilation. Yeah. And I think it's weird because we expect Tony and Nebula to be rescued or for them to figure it out. Like, we know that they're going to be a huge part of this movie, but like, for Captain Marvel, just find them seems a little like how do they explain it? And it's it's not real, it's not explained at all. But we're led to believe that she shows up from the beeper. They say, "Oh, yeah, we had some people and coming back from Titan." She's like, "I'll I'll go check it out." Right? Like that's yeah. it. So, um, but I, you do finally get okay. So let's get. We don't need to spend time on this. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, uh, so, uh, so we're in this great little ending sequence and it, I really thought I'm like, all right, this is it. This is Steve's, this is Steve's moment. This is Captain this, America's last stand. This, I like thought that in my brain, I'm like, I need to be ready for this moment. I'm not ready. And they're going to do it like they did in the comics where like yeah. he breaks his fucking shield and he fucking just brutally kills him. And well, he does the, the swipe and he like knocks him out. And I was like, wait, was that it? Like, but he gets up. He gets back up, and just as you know, Cap is you know on this field, and and then Thanos's buddies are all showing up. All the he says he's going to take it personally. That he's like you know I don't, you know, in the DVD commentary they describe Thanos as an eco terrorist. So I, I think that's an interesting way of describing a okay. genocidal maniac. But uh, when they you know they bring all of his other people in. He's doing this speech, this like the one of those few bad guy speeches that Thanos gives where it's never like about plot. It's about his motivation a yeah. lot of the time. You know what I mean? Where he's like, I'm going to take you fucking personally. I'm going to enjoy blowing the fuck out of this planet. And I've already leveled your shit. Look what I'm going to do to the rest of you fuckers with mm-hmm. my army. And then as that's happening, you know, Cap's eternal earpiece, I guess that's built into the helmet, chirps <laughs> up. And it's our buddy, Sam Wilson. Yeah. Um, really quick, though, on Thanos, like, this is also a different Thanos. This is a Thanos that didn't sacrifice Gamora yet. This is, like, this is Thanos that still has this idea, this mission, but, like, he hasn't endured the... He's made no sacrifice for it yet. Right. And so he's really out for blood, and he says, well, you know, the, the idea of, like, I'm just going to rewrite all of reality and, and, and start fresh. And, like, that's, like, this other motivating factor now it's like okay not only do we need to stop him from getting it from undoing this undoing of the snap uh like he's gonna he could kill everybody and it's no longer the 50 percent um but you're right yeah so then we get the earpiece of falcon um which like this is like i think i said this months ago i'm like i don't want this movie to just have the snap and you see all the characters back and it's happy 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 we got everybody everybody in yeah. a huge battle sequence and it was it was amazing yeah like, I, I i gotta say that this this epic battle is maybe the best epic battle ever so uh, why would i say that aj what are you thinking you really AJ, gonna, you're really gonna think this is the best on-screen battle of all time how are you gonna how are you gonna prove that give me your facts what are your figures here's my figures first 
For the record, we're recording on the Sunday morning of the Battle of Winterfell. We don't know what happens yet. We don't know what happens, but to 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 date, <laughs> this is the best one maybe on cinematically ever. Yes. Um, I'll tell you why. As great as Return of the King is, both the final battle for all of uh, Middle Earth and the Battle of Minas Tirith, um, it was still the beginning of CGI, you know, crowds and and battles and. You know, you do get some really great close-up shots that very much inform Game of Thrones today, but you are um, the kind of the cross-cutting and the um, the stakes of it all are, are different in the way that they did that it versus the way that you kind of look at a, a movie like Civil War, where you have everyone battling against each other, but there's no stakes. We know that they are all going to be friends at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider-Man has a whole other movie he has to go make. Uh, you know, Ant-Man has a whole other Ant-Man and the Wasp movie he has to come back for. Uh, we don't know what's happening to Captain America or Iron Man, but that's part of the drama of the soap opera of the, um, of the cinematic universe. So that's why you're there. Whereas this one, this is for all the cookies. This is for all the marbles. And you can actually see the battle plan and you actually watch the battle plan in a way that in a movie like Aquaman, which I fucking loved and I loved the end battle it has a pretty big epic battle at the end, but it has no stakes. It has no purpose. It has no good cross cutting. It has no good battle moments and it doesn't show you what the actual battle is about. Like this is about, this turns into a football game where (laughs) we are throwing the infinity gauntlet up the field to try to get it into the goal, which is the time portal. And that's a fucking fantastic way to do a fucking battle. It's amazing. They, 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 they're really smart. Um, they, they've earned it at this point. Like this is twenty-two movies in. We all the characters. We've we've had so much story. We we brought characters back from the dead that we lost. You know, a year ago, and everyone is here to fight. And it's it's not just like oh yeah, like the the Avengers being like the twelve whatever core people. Like it's like. The entire army of from Wakanda. It's Valkyrie. It's, like it's Mbaku. It's Valkyrie. It's the sorcerers from uh, from uh, uh, Doctor Strange. Yes, everyone um, shows up. And the Guardians of the Galaxy. We've got like ships and 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 we got uh, all yeah all of our heroes. It's it's just huge and it it, it really it like brings that level back up because like we think oh every, every but it also screwed. looks like it looks like a it looks like a you know with the horses it looks like a fucking music video and it's awesome and it's <laughs> epic and like that shit it it, it brings it to an, a level of rocketude and craziness that we've never really experienced and they took a page i gotta say they took a page out of aquaman i think and that you could see the fight like this felt like it didn't feel so shaky cam and so, um, you know, like the Marvel, uh, you know, gritty uh, style of the filming these fight sequences, thinking specifically about like the uh, Bucky fight with Iron Iron Man in Civil War, where like mm-hmm. instead of like just putting the camera down and letting them fight in front of the camera, like we're in this scene and the camera's moving all over the place, it make it throw up. Uh, this, yeah, it's like we saw it in three D too, which is it's yeah. like. Whereas like Ooh. this, like this, it just, it, it glides, it moves. Uh, you see where everyone has the infinity gauntlet. You see the, uh, they fix the black Panther suit problem from infinity war that the purple explosiony thing only happened in the wide shots and not in the close up shots with T'Challa. <laughs> so like in all the, you see the little purple explosions, like in the big like shots of the battle of Wakanda, but yeah. not like close up. It was really weird. They fixed that. Um, yep. and 
you bring in uh you know all the Dormelage, you bring in uh Valkyrie, you bring in um all the you know the OG Guardians, so you have Groot again and Groot who's already had kind of his couple moments in the past few movies. I didn't I didn't really get a great one out of him. I would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more, but okay. Uh, you have a reun- you have a cool move- moment where uh, Bucky and Rocket get to reunite. I thought that was yeah. pretty fun. Uh, and then, I mean... So, so, really quick, before all that, like, we finally get the line. Captain America says, Avengers assemble. Yeah. Like, you know, minutes after he, he wields Mjolnir, like, now we get this. It's just like, like, like I was saying before, fan service, but, like, also fan expectation. Like, we, like they, they tease it at the end of Age of Ultron. Like, just, like... Go for it. Like, th- there's no reason not to. This is the end, right? Um, and so, like, you have uh, some of the characters. Like, we get the the giant man uh, come back to save Hulk and Rhodey and Rocket. Um, and then we realize, like, that they want to send the, the gauntlet down the toilet, basically, back in time. Like, I, that the, the fact that that didn't work um, was very interesting because, like, again – your expectations as you're going through, it's like, okay, they're going to do it. And like, Nope, nope. That, that gets destroyed. Like, because you think it's going to go one way and like, well, how are they going to navigate no. all this? And it's really smart. And um, it's, it's done so perfectly. Cause then you have kind of this beautiful apex where you think everything's going crazy. Where the fuck is captain Marvel? She shoots through the screen, flies th- through Thanos's ship, blows it the fuck up like we just saw her do to Ronan's ships at the end of Captain Marvel, showing yep. again her power set, showing how strong she really is, and then flies in and has a really awesome three-minute battle with Thanos and, you know, gets her time to, you know, to, to I don't know if to shine, but to put into her she, yeah, Avengers moment. She goes moment. toe-to-toe with him, like, really, like... He, and it's only by when he's like takes out the power stone and puts it in the other hand and then punches her that like you really like she's ever like feels anything. She has this yeah. cool new haircut that Captain Marvel Carol Danvers sometimes has. Uh, it, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's a cool little sequence. Yeah. And now and, we get to talk about the the real shit here. Yeah. And well, and that's like one of the moments where and I was saying this before, like. Unfortunately, the Infinity Gauntlet becomes like a single thing, single entity once they, you know, assemble it. But like the the stones in the past couple of movies haven't really had their unique abilities used a lot. Like, yes, Cap uses the Soul Stone brief, uh, the Mind Stone briefly earlier in the movie. He uses uh, Thanos uses the Power Stone briefly, but like we don't see them individually done. And I think that's why we were alluding to before that the Soul Stone may have more purpose moving forward, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. so, but it, it, it's, it's, it still needs to be used one more time. And like, then there's this huge misdirect of like Thanos gets the, th- the star gauntlet, but man, Tony takes those stones back. Yeah. And he has the nanotech suit so he can incorporate the, uh, the stones kind of into the armor and has, and has already done so with this other gauntlet. So, you know, he has the blueprints to kind of set them all up and how they need to be arranged or whatever and does so. And uh, it really kind of comes full circle, you know, where yeah. we see two kind of different versions of the same coin. You see kind of uh, Thanos's futurism and, you know, the plan that he has for the universe and what, you know, Tony Stark's futurism can do, which is to say, like, we can b- break reality and travel through time and we'll fix whatever we need to do. Yeah. To make well, everybody, you know, have a shot and equal chance at the universe again. Yeah, and then the other thing about this is like the the 
from doc, uh, what Doctor Strange said in the last movie about you know you know looking at the fourteen million different chances and you know there's a couple beats here where it's like oh you know are we in in the right one and then like eventually he reveals to Tony that this is the right one and so like you get that that like Papa Bear like well this is it like I'm if this is the the one we we win in I know what I need to do. And like he, he ultimately, he, I mean, he sacrifices himself. Like, I mean, maybe he doesn't know that, but like he, he snaps his fingers and because like, that's, if this is the one they win, this is what he needs to do. And he th- fucking snaps Thanos and his goons out of motherfucking existence. And it's epic and uh, it's awesome. So, you know, just as like the la- end of the last movie where all the people are being, you know, dusted, like in this movie, we see all the bad guys get dusted and, you know, Josh Brolin gives a really amazing, you know, take where he's just not saying anything, not doing anything and uh, just gets fucking blown away. And you can see how he kind of takes a little bit longer a la Spider-Man yeah. to kind of get obliterated and uh, fucking loved it, dude. Um, I'm, I was there for that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all about that shit. I think that there is something, you know, to also be said that, you know, to every action has an equal and opposite reaction and that, you know, just as, uh, you know, Tony, you know, dusted these guys and had, they said throughout the whole movie that you can't really change history. You can only play, you can only play with the things and then put them back into history, yeah. uh, that, you know, maybe we create something, you know, evil out of this too, that maybe there's something to be said about what the snap, you know, the repercussions of the different snaps have to do throughout the galaxy and yeah. going further into the future. But yeah, for sure. I mean, we, like we said before, there's the, the possibility that it will create mutants, but obviously that, that's not always good. Like, it's not always good. Know, so, <sighs> so now we have, you know, and Tony Stark who, you know, we've seen, you know, Spider-Man comes back and, uh, Pepper Potts comes back in her armor to, you know, kind of see him and say, Hey, rest. Like we did it. Like you, you did this, you saved everybody. And he did. And, and you kind of see Tony Stark kind of save a few different levels of, you know, Tony Stark first by, you know, saving himself. And then he has to do that a couple more times. (laughs) Uh, But he's, you know, he saves himself. He saves his friends. uh, You know, he saves New York city. He saves, um, you know, Arguably the, <laughs> arguably the planet Earth, and then you have yeah. to see him, you know, kind of save himself again, and, and, you know, how he attempts to, you know, prevent the end game, that he's been seeing this for a while, that he knows that this is the ultimate threat, this is the biggest threat that he can't compete with as a man, and that he has to be kind of prepared, and, you know, we see this... Um, Really amazing performance by Robert Downey Jr., a lifetime thing that in a similar way that we did with Logan. And I think that this movie will have kind of a Logan effect where, you know, we are it's going to you're going to go and watch it to, you know, savor your last ride with uh, RDJ, man. Yeah, he did something great. He did. And like, I think I think his last line is I am Iron Man, right? Like He doesn't say anything after that, right? Yeah. I mean, he. uh yeah, I'm 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 okay with that. I'm not yeah, thrilled. I'm I not thrilled it, with that. That's fine. I, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's um, yeah. I mean, he he clearly is like as soon as he's not, it's like he's he's in critical condition. Yeah, he's so, he's fried. He's done. Like you can't. Done. Yeah. He, if Thanos, who's a celestial be like a quasi celestial being who is super strong, you know, was really weakened and wounded the first time he used it, and then it and, almost and obliterated the Hulk, him. 
and the Hulk, same thing. Like he he gets really wounded by it. Like of yeah. course, like a a man with a suit, but like he's not. Gonna, and like the only other people that could have handled it probably Captain around. Marvel and Warlock. Captain Marvel, but you know, they, they, this is this is his journey. This is like the he started it all, and like. It's it's super sad. It's really really sad. You know, he he's the one that's reluctant at the beginning of the movie because he's got a daughter now. He's got a life, and like, yeah. It, it's yeah. I mean, he had to sacrifice himself, and like, I think losing someone, in, like whereas like Game of Thrones tonight, we expected a different kind of outcome from a, a lot of heroes. Like, I think losing him this way makes a lot more sense than someone just like getting killed in battle. You know, like, and that's what I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to happen to like Cap either. I didn't want someone to just go down because they got overpowered. Like our heroes stand, and they they, they make that last stand. And yeah, he 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 sacrifices himself, and that's more. And same thing with Black Widow earlier in the movie. Like they they get sacrificed, and in a way that's honorable for them, and it's not you know being killed or murdered by somebody else. No, and. Um, uh okay so got to kind of get going here yeah we did um okay so let's wrap up on the on the final the final ending of this movie um so yeah so everything the funeral wraps up uh we see you know all of our heroes you know there to mourn our fallen uh mm-hmm. uh you know avenger and we everybody's all, back everybody's we back the little kid is back from avengers from uh iron, iron man, man three three nick um, fury hank pym and and uh janet van dyne like Everybody that he impacted in any way, uh, all of the Avengers, all of the side characters, like they're all there to mourn him. And, you know, like we have a nice moment too with, with uh, Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch where they mourn Natasha and Vision because, you know, they also basically laid their lives down for this. And um, like just to, just to recap here, like we've already kind of talked about Thor and him moving on with the Guardians, so we're really going to kind of wrap up here on Cap and and and, clo- and kind of close it out. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so we see you know after the funeral, um, Clint and and uh you know uh Scarlet Witch have a little bit of a chat talking about our fallen people how we can't get them back. Curious to see how they'll bring that back. More on that later. But Cap, you know, he's standing on kind of a, one of the last remote you know small time travel devices has on the suit, you know, it still looks has Mjolnir. has Mjolnir, has the, has the shield and is like, all right, go back, put the stones back where they, you found them. Um, and then, you know, come back and, uh, you know, we'll it'll see feel in it, 10 seconds. See in five, yeah. 10 seconds. So he goes and then this is, I knew kind of, I, I knew he wasn't going to pop back after he swiped, but yep. the went the way that they did this, I think was really kind of beautiful. And I think that they did it in a way that, kind of gives closure and everything but i i do want somebody to just like kind of announce and give us like the final you know official story on it and i think we'll get that in like the the commentary which is that like is so so what we see is uh you know falcon looks over and there's on a bench there's a you know what looks like to be an old guy we walk over and we realize it's you know captain america as an old man so my first question here is is this I think this is our cap who traveled back in time and then lived a full life, which means that yes. this captain America is like 150 some odd years old and yes. that he's lived kind of two lives. One, his like avenging life. And then in the second one, his lifestyle with Peggy Carter on earth and 
kind of t- t- being a regular human kind of through time and, and watching on the sidelines as the Avengers maybe could have used some Obi-Wan Kenobi style help at some <laughs> certain points. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so they kind of have, you know, a cool little, you know, repartee where, you know, he's like, hey, can you tell me about her when he sees the wedding ring? And Cap's like, nah, I'm keeping that for myself. Sorry, you don't get to hear about that. Yep. At, but passes on the shield to uh, Sam Wilson. Yeah. who I did not expect to get the shield. I thought we were going to go with Bucky. I thought it would have been really teased that it was going to be Bucky, that Bucky has this huge contract with Marvel going back for a long time, and that he was really kind of... I remember he had done a big press junket where he was like, do you want to see me become Captain America? And like, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. maybe Marvel was like, hey, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I think uh, it, it's interesting that they went this way. Um, I, I think it makes more sense. It's more in line with what's going on in the comics, I think. Yep. He's way more of the hero and more in line with the the tradition of Cap's Captain ideals, America. yeah. Than than what they've done on screen with Bucky. Um, Bucky's had such a complicated history. I, I think he he will be a hero and he can do certain things, but he, there's too much baggage there. Um, oh yeah, but yeah. Th- this is the ending that I wanted for Cap. Like I I, I think I, I said it before. I I didn't. I wanted that bittersweet ending for him. I didn't want him to die on the battlefield. I wanted him to go back in time. And to live his life and, and probably with Peggy, right? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And become this, uh, you know, like, I think it could have gone two ways. We could have seen a, um, uh, a gravestone there, or, you know, having him there show up makes a lot of sense because he's got the super serum and like he would presumably live to be a really old man. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it, it, maybe, maybe he Obi-Wan's into the, the, the show. Maybe we get a moment here or there. At, with him with sam wilson and bucky great yeah um and so this this movie was incredible the journey was incredible um we both can't wait to go see it again yeah um there's still so much more to unpack obviously we've talked a long time but you know we want to want to let it sit and get other theories out there um but thank you so much for listening and being on this journey with us um avengers endgame go see it in theaters um we loved it um so yeah uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, you know, email us at info at longlostheroes.net if you have any other thoughts or comments or things that you want us to talk about. We are going to be podcasting a lot more in the next couple of weeks on Game of Thrones. And, uh, you know, we will probably have more recap episodes and we'll definitely get into more uh marvel's yeah the repercussions i think we're looking forward to a big uh comic-con showing from marvel this year and the disney plus announcements and i think that we'll get a good deal of showing so there's plenty more marvel speculation to come folks just in a whole different universe yep so anything else for you aj no i think you really recapped it nicely uh it was great to chit chat with you and kind of have our full-on you know full disclosure discussion i appreciated the time and the patience on your end to kind of get, give us a night to let it sit and marinate and not kind of go full blast last night, which I just I think we were too, too <laughs> we were just too exhausted to kind of yeah. get into it all. So, and thank you for the time you're going to spend editing this program, which I know will be tough and strenuous. So thank you for all that. And for being on the podcast with me, this is exactly why we started the podcast was to be able to have a medium to talk these conversations uh, about these big, huge movies. And here's another one we can, kind of close a chapter on for us and, uh, you know, look forward on to new things. Yep. 
and it was an emotional one. And like, I, that's the last thing I want to say There there were a bunch of beats in here where I got really teary eyed and it, it was, it was, it hit all the right moments. It was funny. It was sad. It was, you know, epic in so many ways, but complete enjoyment, um, complete enjoyment. 10 out of 10. All right. Thanks so much, guys. We will be back in a few days, so stay tuned. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Bye.